0: Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. Today, I had another uh, excellent California high school coach. Her name is Alicia Kamaki. This is episode 87 of the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Alicia Kamaki just completed her 7th season as head coach of the girls basketball team. In her first 3 seasons, Kamaki led the Sierra Canyon Trailblazers to 3 straight California state championships. This past season, the Trailblazers finished as the top team in California and took home the open division state championship. Coach Kamaki has 6 state championship rings and 1 national championship on her resume. During her first three seasons at the helm, she won back-to-back-to-back California state championships. This season, she led the Trailblazers to the prestigious California Open Division State Championship, giving her four state titles in just seven seasons at Sierra Canyon. At Sierra Canyon, Kamaki has an overall record of 182-43 and and has won an average of 26 games a season in seven years. In 2017, Kamaki was selected as one of four national coaches to be an on-court coach for the USA Basketball U-16 National Team Trials in Colorado Springs. In 2019, Kamaki was honored as the LA Times Coach of the Year, Cal High Sports Coach of the Year, Daily News Coach of the Year, and was a finalist for the USA Today and the Wilson WBCA National Coach of the Year. Kamaki was also chosen to coach the 2019 Jordan Brand National All-American Game in Las Vegas. Coaches, what a, again, it's another treat for me and for all of you guys to listen to all these great coaches, and Alicia is, is definitely on that list. I've been trying to get her for a while. Um actually, matter of fact, I spoke to um, her former coach, Kevin Kiernan, uh, a few podcasts back. Of course, Kiernan was just, is a brilliant coach, and Um, Alicia played for him back in the day and uh, she's going to give us some great perspective on uh, her times under Coach Kiernan and also how she's building such a factory of excellence at Sierra Canyon so coaches, let's welcome Coach Alicia Kamaki Alicia, welcome Coach Kamaki, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, everything's crystal clear.
0: All right. That's great. You answer pretty quick. You're pretty efficient, coach.
1: <laughs> I'm ready for you.
0: <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you for taking the time out to join, uh, join our podcast here. I'm so excited to kind of get um, one of the top coaches in California, man. This is a privilege.
1: <laughs> Don't flatter me too much.
0: <laughs> coach um I actually spoke uh I was so thrilled I spoke with Kevin Kiernan about a week ago and uh what a great coach he is he he had uh he had a pretty big impact on you didn't he
1: yeah definitely one of my big mentors for sure
0: hey tell me a little bit about you know kind of how you got and I and I've read and I I've listened to uh your story quite a bit kind of tell it our listeners how you got started in the game and how you kind of got to the point where you are right now
1: uh started in the game um third grade basketball uh so that's when I first started playing and just kind of fell in love with the sport uh played as often as I could as long as I can remember starting in third grade um played high school basketball for Kevin at Troy High School and went on to get a scholarship to Pepperdine Um, and then Kevin hired me as his JV coach and I coached with him for a couple years at Troy before he went on to modern day. And then, um, I joined him, I stayed at Troy for a couple years and then I joined him at modern day. And then now I'm at Sierra Canyon. That's the, that's the quick version.
0: Absolutely. And, um, I I tell you what's really transparent. I I love this story. Uh, and I, I coach girls, I'm a girls basketball coach. That's why I'm really going to pick your brain on how you're building your program and how you work with your athletes. I love your story with how uh, Coach Kiernan and you, how they had that interesting relationship and now it's so much better. Tell us a little bit about um, that and also how it has improved to this point.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think anybody who goes through the relationship of being a coach and a player, um, and then later, later being, you know, even a mentoring relationship or even more so even being peers and colleagues um, is just very, very different. Um, no matter your age gap, no matter if you're male, female, um, I think there's just a, a major difference when you go from um, playing for somebody versus, you know, being uh, working with them. Um, so for me, particularly um, because of our age difference and the time when I did play for him, he was kind of in his prime um, of coaching in terms of he was super intense. Um, he was just starting out to have a family at that point in time. Um, so now he's a grown man married for many years. He's got four grown children. His daughter's going to be a senior for him this year. Um, so he's I think just grown and changed a lot in just terms of his personality, his intensity, um, just understanding females <laughs> even better, uh, you know, than he did when he was 30 years old or whatever it might be. So, Um, he was really, really intense and, um, we butted heads a lot. Um, I was the type of player who really liked to have a good time. I liked to have fun. Um, you know, I, I was a gamer, so I'd show up for games and be ready to go, but, you know, I wanted to enjoy my experience and I do the same thing I feel as a coach. Um, and Kevin wasn't like that as a coach. He, he was serious all the time. He was intense all the time. Um, so because of those reasons, we butted heads a lot. Um, I think that when we work together, I think he kind of saw, like, that I had a, a strong passion for the game um, and that he could see that there was kind of the parts of trying to have fun. I think he kind of could understand a little bit better uh, relating, me, relating to me as a person instead of just the player. Um, and so he would make comments about that. I, I don't know if you touched base with him on that topic when you when you guys spoke, um, but he, I think, has tried to adapt a little bit more to the I want to enjoy this uh, part of, of coaching. Um, so he's also changed, you know, quite a bit. And, and now our relationship's just very different. Um, you know, we, we compete, uh, we're in the same district, uh, we compete for championships and, um, he's just fantastic. He's a great person. And when you're a a 15, 16, 17, 18 year old girl getting yelled at by him, you don't realize he's a great person. (laughs) So, um, just our relationship and my maturity, of course, um, as a young woman and, and just understanding that he actually is a really good guy and and how much he cares and, and all that, you know, that didn't really get established um, till after high school, but um, you know, it's, it's just fun how, how things can grow and mature.
0: Huddle is the preferred video and analytics platform for over 6 million users and 150,000 teams worldwide. Huddle offers a complete performance platform, including the most powerful and flexible tools for video analysis with online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analysts, and more. For more information on Huddle, check out hudl.com or at Huddle on Twitter and Instagram. Coaches, it's all about that, and sometimes I've been coaching a long time. I'm continually trying to mature, particularly nowadays when coaching girls. Give give me some advice here. I have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're trying to build a championship program here. And we, I got some pretty good players. But one of my, my best players, hardest workers, is just a fun-loving girl. I mean, she plays hard. Mm-hmm. She's not going to work on her game a lot. She plays three sports. And I accept that in her. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, we still put, we, I still push her. But tell me a little bit about how to coach girls that might not want to play at the next level but are really key leaders in your team.
1: You know, to be honest, Kevin, I've never experienced that. Um, every kid that I've ever had that's been, you know, one of the top players or top leaders or any of that, they've always wanted to play at the next level. Um, so I don't know if it's just because I, I haven't been coaching long enough. <laughs> Might be one of the reasons why. But, um, you know, no matter what level they ended up, they end up playing, they always at least want to give it a shot. Um, sure. And I kind of feel like that it goes hand in hand. You know, if they're going to be one of your... Well, your key kids, you know, ideally you would think that they'd want to go the next level. Um, that's a pretty unique situation that she's playing three sports and she's probably good at all of them and probably is, you know, better at a different one and she'll go on for that sport. Um, so that's really tough. You know, It's, it's that's kind of hard. It, and it's cool that you've accepted it, but I think it's kind of a hard thing um, to accept when they're that talented. You know, it's a little bit different if they're not necessarily contributing as much. Um, but if she's one of your top kids, then, you know, that's a that's a little tricky situation to handle. Um, if it was me personally, I probably wouldn't accept it. <laughs> exactly. That'd be right. my toughest part.
0: Yeah. Well, what's interesting is softball is her best sport. Basketball is kind of her third sport. Um, so it's one of those things where I personally, I don't think she can play at the next level, but, but what I look for is, are you doing everything possible in the off season? Things like that. I actually have three other girls that want to play at the next level and that's a totally different story you can so and I'm trying we're trying to get our program to that point Mm -hmm. where we have more kids uh trying to get to that next level yeah Uh, tell us about that because I know you're in a very good situation there uh you have developed a really solid culture um how can even an experienced coach like me get to that that level that you guys are at right now
1: you know I think maybe a small way that I have found success, and it might not even be true, um, is that I try to make them enjoy working out. Um, So I offer myself, um, I train any of my kids who play for me for free. I'm not charging them any extra or anything like that. And I try to make myself really available to them. So if they want to work out at 6 or 7 a.m. and that's the time they throw at me, then I don't want to do it, but I will get up and, you know, go meet them at 6 a.m. And that's rare, but it happens every now and then. Um, you know, so I try to make sure that they know that they have my support, um, or any of my coaching, uh, coaching staff, that they have their support if they want to actually work out with a person. Um, you know, we try to make our gym available for them as much as we can, which is also a tricky situation with other sports in there a lot. Um, but I think the biggest thing is probably trying to make them understand that working on your game doesn't have to be strenuous or tiring or some super hard workout, um, and I can make it as hard as they want it to be. So I got some kids Or hey, coach, push me. You know, I need to, you know, whether that's being ready for college because they're a senior or they're a freshman. Um, some kids actually ask me to condition them, which is insane. Hey, coach, can you put me through some running drills? I know I won't do that it on my right. own, you know. Right. And so I think a big part of it is making them realize that just because you're putting in extra time doesn't mean that you're gonna, that you're going to die doing it. You know, you don't have to come in here and just crush yourself in a workout, you can come in and shoot the ball 500 times. Who doesn't want to shoot the ball 500 times? Like that sounds like a sure. good time, right? Um, so I think that's something that I've tried to um, make sure that they kind of understand is that it's all on you and the time you want to put in is up to you, but I'm always going to be available. And um, we're going to have a good time while we're here. Um, it's not going to be like practice, right? Um, Cause that's important. Cause sometimes they don't get that. Um, they don't, they think that you're the same person as you are as a coach, as a trainer, as a educator, you know, that they think you're the same and I can be flexible, you know, if they need me to be.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, um, and that's what we are trying to build. We're not, obviously we're not at Sierra Canyon's level. Um, And I, I love the advice. Um, We're just trying to get that established. Right now I'm in my fourth year of kind of starting a new program from Mm -hmm. scratch. So very similar to what you did at Sierra Canyon, you came in, and from what I know, you came in pretty close to the beginning mm-hmm. to really build a program in kind of in your likening, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the school has only had about 12 graduating classes. Um, I'm going into my eighth year. So I definitely inherited a program that was uh, pretty new in terms of being a high school. Uh, but I did have some talent to work with, which was which was very good. And of course, just building everything, establishing that culture that you speak of and um, you know, to where we are now has been a blessing for
0: sure. Yes. And of course, we we actually were very fortunate. We got a transfer student from Michigan. She's six one. She can really play. All of a sudden my coaching's getting a lot better.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works
0: out? <laughs> that works out that way. Um, but um, it's great that they that, that her and her sister wanted to come to our school. But um, I also have another girl, um, That's very good. Uh, Mercer, small D1s are really looking at her. Mm -hmm. Give me some advice because I know you have a lot of kids that go on to the next level. Give me some advice. She's a junior. How -hmm. can I keep her focused on the team and not her college pursuits? Yeah,
1: that's really, really hard. Um, You know, depending on what her goals are, you know, and um, I I imagine you're speaking on that in terms of like more statistical. Um, is that what you're referring to or
0: well, actually not real. She's very unselfish. Uh, what I'm worried about um, is continuous talk, you know, cause right now we got, you know, colleges, they're going to be starting to come to the workouts in mm-hmm. September. Cause that's how we do it out here. Of course, I think it's an overall NCAA rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to keep her kind of humble. And I always tell her, Hey, be humble, mm-hmm. stay hungry. And she's done a great job of that. Now the coaches start coming in. So mm-hmm. Tell me, because you've gone through that. Give me yep. some advice on how I can keep her humble and hungry.
1: You know, to be honest, I've never really had to have too many conversations um, with any anything in that regard. Um, sometimes, because I have multiple kids that are getting recruited, sometimes I'll tell like, – we have a team meeting before all that starts. Uh, same thing. Same thing, they'll come visit us in September. And I'll say, everybody here who thinks that a college coach is here for you, they're here for somebody else, so don't. So don't think that they're here for you. Don't try to do anything different. If you know they're here for you, because they told you, then yeah, just be yourself and and be regular. But all the rest of you, if you have no idea that that coach was coming today, they're not here for you. Um, so just be yourself. Um, you know, play play as hard as you can, play the same way that you can. Um, if she is the only person who they're coming for, and she knows that. Um, you know, I think one, she's going to start getting used to it. It's going to start kind of being a regular occurrence for her. Um, and you know, I wouldn't imagine that it's anything, you know, they're so used now to playing club basketball and they have whatever, 10, 20, 30, 40 coaches on a court at a time watching them and and all that stuff. So I, I would imagine for the kids that, that I coach, it's, you know, this happens to my friend down the street. It's happening to five of my teammates here. It's happening to the boys. It's happening, you know, so I think for them, it's more, um, a little more common, uh, that they don't really let it something like that get to their head. Um, so luckily I'm, I'm pretty lucky in terms of that they kind of humble themselves a little bit. Um, and, and really there should, if you're, if you're good, there should be coaches watching you play. So, exactly. if, you know, your, your humbleness <laughs> should just, that should just be a part of it. You know, it should just be like, this is the process. This isn't because I'm an elite basketball player. This is because this is the process um, that's occurring because I'm, you know, because I'm good enough, you know, and and that should be enough for them. They shouldn't really have to blow their head up too much.
0: Yeah, and I think she's going to be really – I think she's going to be fine and so forth. And I actually have some other kids down the pipeline. She's kind of the girl that they're all looking up to and so forth. So we're kind of building a program here um, just like you did. That's why I'm really trying to pick your brain. I don't don't think we're going to get to your level, but we're going to give our best to be a championship team, which is – that's what it's all about, right, the process of this – getting better every day. For sure. Coach, tell me about, uh, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I'm a PE teacher uh, and I teach K through five. I can't believe I'm getting paid for that. <laughs> and I, I absolutely love it. I work with little kids every day. Now, I've, I've heard your story about a PE teacher that really had an impact on you mm-hmm. um, and really developed your character. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I went to a, a private K through eighth. Um, so he was our, for lack of a better word, we'll say he was our PE teacher for you know, the whole school, the whole time. Um, <laughs> right. Because it was a very small school, but he coached, he was pretty much the athletic director. He coached every single sport after school. Um, and then on top of that, did all the PE classes as well. So uh, definitely committed to his craft. Um, and just for me at a young age, having such a big role model, um, not only I looked up to him in sports, I thought he was the greatest athlete of all time, you know, when you're that young and he can coach every single thing and, and all that stuff. He was very influential in me wanting to be a coach later in life. Um, but the best thing that he taught me was just, uh, one to be humble for sure. That word stands out. Um, and just, just little things about character that either some people are receiving at an age like that, or they're not. Um, but the fact that he took time to develop me as a person and not just see my potential as an athlete was, uh, was pretty cool. Um, And again, it's something that at the time you don't necessarily realize, you know, you're in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Um, But looking back and saying, when people ask the question, you know, who had a big um, influence on your career, a thousand percent, it's gotta be him. Um, And it's really cool to being able to, as an adult who's now in the same profession to look back and see, the type of influence that he had um, on me
0: at a young age is is pretty special. Yeah, you can just know the key. You have so much. I don't think really teachers sometimes they don't realize the positive or negative impact you can have, particularly young kids. Mm-hmm. That third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. I mean, it's it's amazing. They really look up to you, and you you have an opportunity to really uh, kind of build kids, kind of build the character in them. Definitely. Don't
1: you? Definitely, yeah.
0: Um hey coach, um now I want to talk a little bit about basketball and about culture. Cause it sound it just sounds like to me you guys got a really positive culture there in your school. Mm-hmm. Give me give me your top three um, maybe your core values, your principles. How do you how have you built your program there culture wise?
1: Um speaking off kind of the, the top of my head, I, I don't know if I can give you a full like three characteristics, so I'll just kind of go with it. <laughs> Um, Yeah. And kind of see what happens for me. When I first took the job eight years ago, it was really important um, that I coached good kids. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I was really enjoyed. This was my first head coaching position. Um, I had been coaching for a while in high school, uh, but it was going to be my first, my first where it was my team. Right. Um, And I wanted to make sure I was going to enjoy that. I wanted to enjoy not only the kids I was working with, but I wanted to enjoy the people I was going to surround myself with. Um, at the school, whether that's administrators, uh, fellow teachers and colleagues, um, support staff at the school. Um, I wanted that experience for me to be as positive as possible. And for me, it all started with myself. If I'm seclusive and I'm not, you know, intermingling at, you know, faculty meetings or things like that, then people aren't going to really know who I am. They're not going to want to support myself or the program. Um, And so it came from a very genuine place. I wasn't going to just come out and, you know, hey, everybody, you know, come, come check us out or anything like that. But it came from a genuine place that that's my personality. And um, I wanted people to know me um, off the court, and then hopefully want to support me on the court because of the person that they knew off the court. Um, and because of that, those are the same types of kind of characteristics that I wanted my players to have at school um, and in the community. So I didn't want them to just say, oh, this is Kennedy Burke, the phenomenal basketball player. I wanted to say, the teachers to say, I love Kennedy as a student. I want to come watch her play and see what she's like. I didn't want her to have a reputation as being a basketball player, um, any of my kids. So I really wanted them to kind of dive into the school, uh, make sure that the teachers knew who they were as people, um, and not just the teachers, everybody on campus that would in, they would interact with, whether that's students or teachers or, again, any sort of support staff, because um, I feel if people are fans of yours, then they're going to be fans of, you know, your team and the program. Um, so, however, whatever three characteristics we want to sum that up as, those would be my, my talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, you actually have quite a few more than that, but it makes a lot of sense. You are you're, you want good people within your program and so forth. And I, I tell you what I love is you're like a – you're really a great example and great model, right, for all those girls. I mean, it sounds like to me you're really building relationships and friendships mm-hmm. with your players, With which a lot of coaches are afraid to do. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I would just say it's something that's been uh, not like warned, but you know, people are afraid to do that um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, And, you know, one of the biggest things is that you, you don't want the kids to think that you're their friend. You want them to to still respect you as a coach, especially when I first started coaching, I was 19 years old. So, um, you know, you don't want, a kid who's 16, thinking you're best friends, you want to be able to have that respect level, um, which I feel I've always maintained a really good line with that. Um, and now it's a little cool that I'm closer to their parents' age than I am than I am their age, so that's getting a little more exciting for me. Um, but you got to make sure that that they know that you care. I think that's a big thing, um, and establishing establishing those relationships. Um, but the biggest thing is that it has to be genuine, because uh, there's coaches who, oh, if this is what I got to do, okay, fine, but it's not really in their program.
0: program. By first of all, at a game just by watching the players and the thing you can tell immediately what they focus on. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can also tell by just talking to the players and say, you know, how are they speaking about the program? So Mm -hmm. isn't that the ultimate sign of a culture is when the coach is not there?
1: Yeah, I think that's a a pretty remarkable statement. That would probably be uh, the number one truth to find right when there are coaches and around.
0: How do you how do you build that? And I, you pretty much already said that. Is there anything in particular that us coaches can utilize with it's team building or is it just just being you every day to be true to yourself?
1: You know, a little bit of both. Um, I think I've just been super, super fortunate that I've had really good kids and I've had really good parents. Um, And some of it could be things that I'm doing that I might not even really realize. It could just be that's part of my personality. Um, Some things are calculated. Some things are definitely focused. Um, You know, I I try to, one of the words I guess I could give you is discipline. Um, I try to make sure that my kids are disciplined in every regard, um, whether that's in the classroom or on the court. Um, I think you can be just disciplined as a person interacting, you know, within your community. Um, so I think that would be a key word for us for sure. Um, but, you know, sometimes even, even the coach being themselves might not necessarily create the culture that they want. I mean, it kind of depends on the emphasis. Um, you know, when I first came in, I actually reflected on this recently, just kind of how different I am, you know, just from eight years ago when I first came in. Um, you know, I wanted, I wanted the girls to kind of be scared of me. Um, I wanted them to, you know, this was a new coach and I'm serious. And they knew I had this little reputation that I, cause I was from modern day and we had just won national championships. And so they at least respected my resume. Um, but I didn't also want them, I didn't want to come in and have them be like, Oh, who does she think she is? You know, she's won all, you know, whatever. Cause that wasn't me. That was a team. I was just part of the coaching staff. Right. Um, so I tried to make sure one, that they knew who I was as a person, Um, and that I'm not a completely different person as I am a coach, but I'm very, very intense as a coach and much more loving and kind and all that stuff as a person. So I wanted to see them to see both sides of that, um, that they knew when I was intense and getting on them in a game, yelling at them, possibly making them cry that they knew right away that, oh, but she's really, really loving and sweet and genuine and sincere, You know, she took us out for ice cream last week. So clearly she's not really mean, you know. (laughs) Right. Um, And so that was something that was really kind of important, calculated, I guess, for me, that they knew how much I cared for them as a person. And because of that, I could treat them intensely as a coach. Um, So that was a big thing when I first started out. Um, And now because I have, you know, gone through eight graduate, seven graduating classes of kids and the tradition starts to pass on its own, And all the stuff that I really had to emphasize early now emphasizes itself. One, that's super cool for me. I get to focus on other stuff. Um, But it's just really awesome how the tradition has kind of passed through, the culture has passed through. And that's an absolute 100% credit to the kids that I've had, um, that they've allowed it to go through. And I don't even have to do anything, you know, about it. Um, A small story with that, I had uh, my first group of kids – Uh, this particular class that was very successful. They were sophomores when I first got them. Um, And so by the time they graduated, of course, you know, a couple years later, uh, there was a, I found a paper in the locker room and it was like three pages long, stapled together, printed out. And it was like Kamaki's commandments. And they went through (laughs) and they created this thing. This is what's going to piss Coach off. This is what's (laughs) going to make her happy. And they made it all on their own for the next group of kids to know. Like, how cool is that? Um, and and the even more crazy thing, it was 110% accurate. Like it was like, what, how do they even know? I didn't even know that pissed me off, but it really does, you know? Um, (laughs) so it was a two way street. Like those kids cared for me just as much as I cared for them. And so they really got to know my personality. I really got to know their personality. And so little things like that, like they knew it, you know? And um, for them to pass that on, and that paper still exists. You know, they they keep passing it on because it hasn't changed, <laughs> um, which is really cool. So I think that's a cool story.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and you develop. I mean, really, it's a legacy now, right?
1: Yeah, hopefully. every year. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: that's what it sounds like to me. You've done a terrific job of that, and you care about them, and they care about you. So it's a two way street, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Coach, tell me about. Listen, I, I want to talk playbook here because I I love talking. Um, X's and O's with coaches as well. And I know culture is number one, mm-hmm. but tell me about what does Sierra Canyon believe in their offense and defensive system. And I, and what we like is we like to run, we like to trap, we shoot a lot of threes, we attack, we attack. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Sierra Canyon does the same thing, right?
1: Yeah, we, we do a, a lot of the same things. Um, but you know, better than
0: us. <laughs> 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 you know, it's
1: funny because I recently saw, I think there was like a Twitter poll or something and, you know, it was one of those just kind of comment right in whatever, you know, what's your offensive philosophy? And then another one, what was your defensive philosophy? And I feel like there can't be too many. Like I read through, there was like, you know, 60 comments and a lot of them were the same things with some really hip clever saying like pass, react, <laughs> you know, whatever, something that rhymes. Right. Um and in no way am I downgrading any of that, not saying that I don't believe in the same stuff, but I've never had a philosophy. Like, I don't come into the season and say, hey, guys, we're, a, we're twos or threes only, you know, or whatever. That doesn't make sense because, <laughs> you know, it's a layup or a two or a three. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those people. Um, I will definitely emphasize things that we're looking to do. But I have never, ever emphasized my philosophy. And I think the reason why is because it changes every year. So I'm one of those people. I will adapt to what I have. I can't say we're only taking a layup or a three every game. If I don't have anybody who can shoot a three, that's not a very good philosophy, right? Um, If I don't have people who can switch every single possession, man to man, that can't be my philosophy that year. I can't emphasize it every single year and force my kids to go into my philosophy. Right. Um, So for me, it's a big thing that I adapt and change. I definitely have the general things for me. My ideal season every year would be that we don't ever have to run an offense and we can fast break and run and tire another team out. That's fantastic. So we're always going to be in really good shape, um, no matter what type of team I have, because um, that'll be an emphasis for us to push the pace. Um, I'm a big believer in man-to-man defense, but we will play some zone if we have to, um, again, being able to adapt to another team. Uh, so there are, you know, there are some things that I kind of more so hope that my team can do every year, um, but I, I'm a big believer in being able to adapt to what I have.
0: Yeah, and I think every coach that I talk to on the podcast, they're all a little different, which makes sense. You just got to believe in what you do, right?
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, um, And I I think, you know, it's one of those things where um, you have to take, like you said, you have your core principles and then kind of adapt to your system. What? um, How's your feeder system developed? Because I'm a big believer. I have access. I coach my middle school as well. So Mm -hmm. I feel very fortunate but i have no extra time on my so i'm busy all the time but um i can kind of uh teach our system from the ground up Mm -hmm. is that good or bad
1: um you know i don't think it's good or bad um i think it's very beneficial if um if those kids are actually going to play for you um Mm -hmm. people are surprised when i say i don't have a feeder system i don't have any sort of club that you know feeds us kids. Um, none of my coaches on my current staff, um, have a club, a club program. Cause in California, you know, rules are obviously different, but we could coach our kids year round. Um, we could yeah. coach a club program, youth club program, all that kind of stuff. So none of that happens for me and it's not calculated or it's not, Oh, you know, I don't want you guys coaching. Of- none of that happens. It's just, that's kind of been the story of us in California. And, um, one, we have a lot of really good schools that are local uh, we have a lot of really good schools that are private schools that go K through 12. Um, and we have a ton of clubs. So, you know, if I really wanted to, I would have to kind of start my own thing to develop that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> it's like another conversation, but there's a lot of lost energy in that because kids switch clubs all the time and they're bouncing around sure. and you get a, you get a top sixth grader at your school. They don't stay till ninth grade, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. Um so for me, I just kind of always, I, I grew up doing all of it. You know, I was coaching, I've coached first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade club, done all of it, done clinics, done privates, done all that stuff. Um, and once I became a head coach, I still do camps and I do things like that, but I really wanted to put my time and energy on my team. Um, and that was just my my personal thing. It was doing, like you said, you don't have time. So like all coaching all that other stuff, I was missing little things like my dad's birthday. like, I wanted to be there for my dad's birthday and I could never show up because you're coaching year round. Um, so for me, it was probably a little selfish, like just needing a little bit of a break, um, and being able to have a little more of a life for me. Um, but I think that there are definite benefits to having a feeder, to being able to coach your middle school. Like we have a middle school program at our school. Um, and this is probably one of the first years that I've had kids, that played for our school that are now in high school and are, you know, have okay. been playing basketball now since third grade or whatever at our school. Um, so there are some things, but I don't necessarily, I have some conversations with the coach about just little things to emphasize. Um, but for the most part, it's like I said, cause I, I change stuff every year. Um, so they can learn some basic stuff, but if I, if we run the same plays, know they're not, they're not going to run them by the time they get to high school. So um, for me, it's just a little bit different. But I do really believe that somebody who does have, you know, if you coach your middle school and they are going to for sure play for you or you coach a club and you can get on them early, that that's pretty cool. Um, that they can know you, they can know your personality, that they can know. For me, it's a big thing that they know they don't have to be afraid of me. I got six, and eighth graders who think I'm like the scariest person on campus. Um, <laughs> and I, I have my high school kids telling them that that's not true. Right. So, um, so that, that would be a big thing is just having them know the real me and, um, so there are
0: benefits for sure. Yeah. And I'll, I think you're right, though. It's interesting you say that is, you know, I teach all my kids in PE and I coach them. I'm What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get away from them so they don't get tired of me. So I've hired yeah. actually one of my former players. I'm actually now getting smarter coach. I'm <laughs> actually hiring my former uh, girls that I've coached and yep. now young ladies I'm having them doing all the work. So there you I, so I, I'm getting smarter. I'm getting older. I'm getting smarter. And I, I, I really, I really think what's happening now is um, by doing less, our program's growing more. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I completely more so agree with that too. Cause you know, you don't want, say you've coached a kid, you know, when they were in fifth grade and you coach them every year at your school and you know, now you're coaching them for eight years. That's crazy. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, that's like a, a, the dad who comes and tells me, Hey, can you start coaching my kid? Cause they won't listen to me anymore. It's like the same thing. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you want them to, you know, to be kind of a little bit nervous or intimidated coming into high school. I think that's a good fear for a freshman or a transfer kid to have. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think your philosophy right now is, is good. I think it's, uh, it's smart. I think it's great to involve kids that used to coach for you. Um, that know you, that know your system, that know the things that you believe in. And then on top of that, they believe in it themselves, right? So they're emphasizing it to the kids, to the parents. And that's kind of part of the culture that I've liked to build. Um, you know, when, when those kids can come back and do clinics with me, do my camps, coach our third or fourth grade team at our school, um, that people can really see that it, that it really is a true family environment, that the things that coach taught, you know, are still in play because that person is now teaching them. Uh, to the next generation of kids. So I think that's a, a good way to go.
0: Yeah. There, there, to me, I don't care. I mean, I do care about the wins. When I see my players actually uh, talking about the culture and the program without me telling them, yeah. I, that to me is worth like a hundred wins. I, I just, exactly. Uh, uh, really, I, know, I know you feel that way too. Um, Coach, I'm going to ask you a controversial question because I think I hear it a lot is are there enough women coaching basketball, uh, not not just basketball, about, about women's sports? Because I think the controversy is men are still dominating the coaching circles. Um, and I remember the Notre Dame coach kind of bringing that up. What, what's your opinion on that? Because I, I coach girls my whole career, mm-hmm. um, but I do think we need more females into coaching. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it's something it's, – it's kind of a stance that I've um, – kind of changed on a little bit as I've gotten older and, um, you know, have have gone through my career a little bit more. Um, I don't necessarily think that, of course, I think we, I will go with the statement that we need more females coaching females. I think that's completely true. Um, Mm -hmm. but for me, I grew up with so many male coaches. I actually never, never played for a female coach ever. Um, I had some female assistant coaches, um, but never played for a female head coach and, I I never really thought anything of it because that was just kind of, there's so many males who coach sports period, whether it's basketball, soccer, volleyball, um, you know, that's, that is what it is. And I had great coaches. So for me, if I have a kid, I want them to play for a great coach. It doesn't matter if they're male or female, would it be beneficial to the kid if they were female? Maybe. Some people respond really well to female coaches. Um, The understanding, the emotionalness, the development, uh, turning them into a stronger woman, all that kind of stuff. It really depends on the kid. Um, I've had, for me, I didn't ever need to be coached by a female. I was going to be who I was no matter who coached me. Could I have maybe had slightly a different path or a different sort of something if I had this super inspirational woman coach, maybe. Um, but I also, for me personally, wasn't as a younger kid, wasn't really the type who got inspired. I was kind of self-motivated. Um, so it really just depends. But now like I said, how I've grown and changed my stance on it. Um, like at our school, our girl's soccer coach is coached by a female. Um, and she actually now is going to coach the boys team as well. Um, our volleyball yeah. coach is coached by a female. Our softball coach is a female. I'm a female. Um, and I see how great these women are and everybody does things differently. And, um, you know, like Christy's is super inspirational and, and very rah-rah and makes these girls better women a thousand percent. Um, and I just see how strong they all are in, in many different ways. And, uh, so for that, it's really cool, you know, and it just, for me, it just really depends. Um, I of course will agree with the statement, uh, cause it is important. I think it is important that, um, that so many females should be able to coach at a high level. I think that's a big thing for sure. Um, but ultimately I think it just, you know, it depends on the kid. I don't, I don't think that a girl, has to be coached by a female. I don't think that that's a true statement. Um, I think that males can do, obviously, just as good of a job. And I think that females can coach boys um, and do just as good of a job. So it's really just more so – I think it's definitely the numbers have grown. And honestly, I would love to see what the numbers are, um, you know, in like the high school and – collegiate ranks and obviously now we have a lot of females that are now getting into the NBA game Um, but it would be an interesting statistic just to know how many females are coaching boys and how many females are coaching females versus the males that are coaching females Uh, but I do know that it is something at our school that they take pretty seriously and they try to make sure females are coaching females
0: yeah and I, I, and I, I guess what I'm hearing from you is it shouldn't gender it's based on are you a good quality coach? Yeah. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're applying for a girl's job, it's not like, hey, we're just looking for a female coach. We're looking for the best coach, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think our school has done a really good job of finding uh, the females who are just phenomenal coaches, whether, whether they're coaching high school, grade school, college, that these people are just really, really good at their craft. Um, and I think for us, it's also really important that we're, also developing these these kids as um as humans, right? And so that's another big component of it. So it's not just knowing your X's and O's anymore. It's also what kind of person are you going to make these people um, by the time you're you're done with your time with them. Um, and so if those are the people we look for. And um I think our AD's just done a really good job hiring period, whether that's the male coaches or the female coaches.
0: Right. It sounds like what you guys are doing from studying your school is you really got some transformational coaches out there that are doing more than just coaching the X's and O's. I mean, it sounds like Sierra Canyon is doing the right things. I hear all the time. We, a matter of fact, we have really good players from Atlanta here actually going to Sierra yeah. Canyon. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so hey, just give me a little just a quick like tell me about Sierra Canyon. And it sounds like it just. Becoming one of the top schools in California.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Like a lot of us um, reflect on this often. So again, we've only had you know twelve or thirteen graduating classes. Um, our athletic director has been there for uh, eleven years now. Um, our football coach, same thing about eleven years. So I'm going into my eighth, and so there's kind of this group of people who you know were there from the beginning um and like our our football team started as like eight-man football 11-man football it's grown now they actually have to take like two buses to go to a game and stuff it's just crazy um but i think one of the most important things was that again our athletic director um really wanted to hire the right people who were going to help grow this thing um and again we all just kind of Hey, Coach.
0: This is Brad Shutter calling from Plymouth, Wisconsin. I want to thank you for doing the podcast. I've learned a lot from it. Um, I am an elementary FIAD teacher and a girls basketball coach, so we have a lot in common. I like the fact that you um, do a mix of both
1: the FIAD teachers and the coaches as well. Um, Keep up the great work, um, and once again, appreciate um, all you do to grow the game. Thanks the great
0: coaches i spoke to doc schepler Uh sue phillips kevin kiernan you can't get better than that coach man Man. you have some competition out there can you hear me yeah yes go ahead coach
1: okay cool sorry you just um went off of it was on like speaker and now i can't hear you as well but i will keep going um okay yeah, the, the competition in coaching is just insane in California. Um, I have one of the best coaches in my league. I mean, she's one of the best coaches in the nation, and she's in my league, so I got to see her way too many times a year because um, we're not just competing in a league championship. We're competing later um, in districts and all that stuff. So um, it, it's pretty cool. you know. As a, as a young coach, these are a lot of people that I look up to that I try to study um, they try to emulate in some way and um, just to be able to have them, you know, so many of them in close proximities is, is pretty cool. Um, lots of not only are they great coaches, but a lot of those people are really good people. Um, people don't mind sharing their craft, talking about basketball, talking about culture, doing different things like that. Um, so as a young coach for me, it's really cool to have all those people around.
0: Yeah, and those guys, I mean, each one of them shared. Uh, so I call, I, matter of fact, I contact them a lot, particularly Doc. Doc gives me information, sends me videos. Uh, what a great program at a small school that Doc has. Mm-hmm. He's got some, he has an unbelievable system, doesn't mm-hmm.
1: he? Oh, yes, definitely. So I would. I would imagine I'm not going to speak for him uh but when you talk about asking questions like culture and an offensive philosophy and a defensive philosophy um i feel like doc is one of those who who has one and kind of sticks to it um he definitely has an incredible culture there at pinewood and um just really you can tell he has really good kids who play for him um just good people and uh they run their system better than anybody he knows what he wants um and the, the kids play cuz it's clearly emphasized daily
0: yeah, absolutely. Coach, my, my final area that I want to ask is practice planning. Give me, mm-hmm. give me your key areas. Like, do you focus on specific areas each day in practice or do you adjust it? Are, are you working on, you know, whether that's rebounding every day, you know, mm-hmm. screening, cutting? What do you work on in your practices to get as good as you guys have?
1: Yeah, so for me, practice uh, planning is probably my favorite aspect of coaching. I, I'm in love with with preparing um, and the actual practice time and being on the court and teaching and all that stuff. That's probably my favorite. So um, there are some things that I emphasize. So we we do – have a I'm a drill person, so I try to create a lot of my own. I'm sure they exist somewhere in the world, but, you know, if I go to a <laughs> clinic, I don't see these drills being, you know, taught. Um, so I try to be pretty creative with that. Um For me as a player, I got bored because we did the same exact thing every single warm up. You know, it was, you know, footwork into a three man weave into this into that every single day, whether it was fall, winter, spring, summer. So for me, I didn't want to do that as a coach, and that could just be selfish or whatever. But I didn't want my kids because I feel like you're going through the motions, right? If you're doing the same drill every single morning to start, you know, um, they'll get a little bit lax. So. I have a, a good chunk of warm-up drills, and we'll do one of them or two of them um, every, every day, just kind of get warmed up. And then we just go into, um, I don't have a structure in terms of, and then it's fast break, and then it's defense, and then it's, you know, whatever. Um, but I definitely write everything out. Everything's timed. Um, we have a live clock on at every practice. Um, and we'll work on some of it's calculated in terms of if it's preseason or, you know, a couple of days before a game or whatever it might be. Um, but we prep a lot for our opponents. Um, so all cater drills and different stuff to what they do well offensively or what we have to do defensively. Uh, so we tweak things quite a bit. Um, one drill can be done 30 different ways uh, depending on the team that we're playing. Um, spend probably 60 40 maybe 70 30 defensive um, instead of offensive I make sure to do shooting drills every single day Um, there was a point about five years ago where um, I just felt like my team needed to be better shooters which I feel we probably all do all the time but that particular year we were really bad Uh, so I sought out uh, some drills that um, you know I could do every single day that would make us better shooters and they're competitive and they're timed and Uh, It's the one thing that I feel the kids won't get old doing if we do them every single day. Um, So we do those most every single day that we can. Um, And then the other time is just kind of spent on um, just depends again on, on the time of season that we're at, but we change quite a bit.
0: Coach, give me your, give me your favorite drill. Give me your Sierra Canyon. Give me your favorite drill that, cause I always like to steal stuff coach and I want you to send me some stuff if you can. I will. Yeah. Um, your, your favorite drill that you guys do that you really believe in? Is it that warm-up drill? Give me what, what you guys really believe in there.
1: Oh man, that's actually a really tough question for me. Cause I just had like 85 <laughs> drills flash through my mind. Um, hey, send me all of them. <laughs> I, I definitely will. Um, you know, I just, I'll just say what went through my mind um, because there were so many different ones and so many different reasons. So one sure. is a super, super simple two minute closeout drill. And the reason it came into my mind is because the intensity level is always just off the charts because the girls know it's two minutes. Um, And we go, we're working on closing out for two minutes, clock starts, and they know the drill. And it's super simple. We'll just close out to the elbow, slide, slide, slide. But just the intensity level and how hard they go always, always increases the intensity of practice. Like no matter what, like we're never going to come down from that. That drill is never going to be performed poorly. Um, If it is, something's really wrong with practice that day. Right. Um, So that's kind of like the hundred percent. I know that we're going to give all that effort and practice is kind of going to go up from here usually at that point. Um, So that's something that's super simple. Um, Another drill that entered my mind, we call it killer one-on-one. And it can either be done full court or half court. Um, something that, you know, people have definitely seen before, just two different corners are going one-on-one slides, working on slide and turn. Um, and if it's done at half court, you stop there, you could either take a charge, you could dive for a loose ball, you could just do a five second dead count. Um, and then they got to go sprint in for a layup and the defensive person has to go three times in a row. You can make them go five times in a row, which would be brutal. Um, you can make them, if they miss any of their layups, they have to go again. Um, so that's another really good, just intensity drill, um, That they shouldn't really enjoy because it's hard, um, but that they do because they their intensity level is just awesome during that drill. Um, I'm not a big shell person in terms of just you know, help, 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 ball, 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 help, help, help. Uh, So we (laughs) like to you know tweak it all the tweaks that people have seen before. Um, But what I love is anything that's like continuous and we can keep it going. So doing any sort of form of the shell again, tweaking it to whatever the other team might be doing. Um, and then we transition out of it. Um, I've been, I don't know if it's fortunate or not fortunate that I usually have smaller teams. So I don't have eight girls sitting on the sideline while we're doing, you know, a certain drill. Uh, people are kind of going all the time, which is another reason we're usually in pretty good shape. Um, so anything like that. And then, uh, I'm, I'm telling you these all entered my mind at that same time. And then, um, One of my absolute Uh, favorite drills um, I actually got from a local college. uh, So we call it machine gun. And uh, there's two teams, one's on the wing, one's at the block. And it's just – a machine. it's called machine gun because it's like rapid fire. Defensive closeout, uh, the offense will drive and then kind of kick it back. And then that person will kind of relocate on offense. The next person will close out defensively. The offensive pattern repeats. They drive and then they kick it back. And then it turns into either three on three or four on four. Um, All those people end up staying on the court and then they end up going live. Um, So that's one of my favorites, one of the kids' favorites too, just again, the intensity level. Um, For me, I I love, as a player, I loved fast break drills. So I try to put those in because they're always just more fun. You know, everybody wants to make a super fancy pass or something. Um, So we, we do a lot of fast break drills. um, And those are usually just trying to change energy and, um, keep them excited during a practice. Uh, but I love defensive drills, which is crazy because as a player, I hated them, but, um, just love, (laughs) love coaching it. Um, love the intensity of it. Um, love when the kids energy changes in practice um, or doesn't, (laughs) and you can see what's going on. Um, but yeah, I got, I got quite a bit that I love.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, I always like taking drills. I have a, of course, I stole one uh coach Jernan's drills and I told him, I, you know, I'm calling it modern day. So I got, I got to get a, I got to get a drill from uh Sierra Canyon. So I, sure. I'll definitely steal one, but please send that to me. I will. Um, cause I'm always picking one or two things kind of adapt to our system, but it sounds like to me, you love the live action. I, I think sometimes with drills, we go half speed. I know you mm-hmm. got to teach, mm-hmm. but I all, I feel like you have to teach, but then you have to go
1: live. Yeah, for sure. I try to make you as many of my say- things live as possible. Like I'm not big on. Um, we used to do this all the time. Everything was, you know, you do the slides and you're guarding nobody, right? So you're just slides, right. zigzag, zigzag, or three line closeouts or whatever. And it's great for sure. And there's a point where it's fundamental and and all that stuff. But I try to make things as realistic as possible and as game speed as possible. And so if you can same exact sliding drill that you're doing, throw a ball in there and put an offensive player, you know, and then, and then turn it into two on two or make it, you know, as I try to do that stuff as much as possible. And one, it holds the kids attention a little bit better with, you know, this generation of kids, uh, their focus isn't great, you know, for two hour practice and, um, competition is huge. Um, you know, kids want to compete, you know, they're, they're in sports for a reason, hopefully. And um, I love, I'm one of the most competitive people I know. So if practice is competitive then you know, all of our intensity is going to increase and we're going to have more energy and we're going to be more excited. And um, so, yeah, I think making everything as live as possible, um, even if it's just one-on-one makes it way more fun and uh, definitely more entertaining for us.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like to me, that's a big part of your culture is they got to have enjoyment and fun with it. Mm -hmm. You can't just have practice being a, you know, being boring and so forth. Um, but coach, I appreciate that knowledge and I, I love what you're saying in a sense that you got to make sure the kids are competing, make sure that everything's live and make sure that there's no wasted time. Sounds like your kids are getting in shape with the ball And there's not a lot of standing around. I absolutely love that Mm -hmm. coach. And my last question is, give me what is the best resource you have for coaches that you use? I know we have like huddle and I have various apps that I use, what do you use to make yourself a better coach?
1: Um, another loaded question for me, Kevin, because I think there's, it would be almost stupid of me to lock myself into like one resource. So you mentioned a few, I mean, I think huddle is, uh, we use huddle. So huddle is absolutely fantastic for growing, you know, with film watching and with my own team, being able to like watch film and review. Um, we're also super fortunate. We have play at our school. So that's like, in, uh, we have eight or so mounted cameras in our gym so we can record every practice. Um, you know, just a click of the button, make highlight films, we can watch it live during practice replay system. Um, so that's really cool for us too. Um, so in terms of film watching, those two for us are you know just on a different level. Um, for me, I love to read books. And I just love any type of like leadership, um, even if the book is usually the books talking about business. Um, and I try to take that and like relate it to my team. And uh, focus kind of on culture in, in those regards. So I think reading books is huge. Um, I kind of more recently, I've had Twitter for a while, but I more recently kind of got more into what am I doing on Twitter? Um, so following, you know, different people who are providing really good information. Um, it's if you're an X's and O's person, it's an incredible, simple, at the, your fingertip, quick resource to get plays. I mean, it's incredible how often people are putting out information. Um, So like Fast Model is a really good, simple source to follow that's going to give you good stuff. Um, Of course, going to conferences and clinics and and all that stuff. And I think to sum up everything into your question, because again, I said there's a lot of different resources. I think for me, the best thing is the attitude that I'm nobody, that our program is nothing. Um, I should have the attitude that I'm still starting out. I should be as hungry as I was, you know, 15 years ago when I first started coaching and, um, that there's still so much to, to know and to learn and to just even to adapt. Like last year was technically speaking our best year in terms of winning the open division championship and just our ranking in California. Um, and it's because I wasn't satisfied, you know, there was a, there was the period of, uh, you know, I'm going to keep reading books or I'm going to try to change a little bit about what we do, or I'm going to adapt this or this. And, um, you know, I could easily do the same thing we do every year cause we're decently successful. Um, but each team changes, you know, and you gotta, you know, kind of adapt with that. So I'd say the, the
0: coaches, I got an exciting announcement on September 14th, 2019, the legends on the Lake basketball coaching clinic will be back. Um, we're really excited to host a great clinic this year. Uh, We will have the top coaches in the state of Georgia and around the country uh, attend our 2019 clinic here at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. The clinic will go from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. We we feel like we are the most unique coaches clinic in the country and that we will have a live demonstration team from Middle Georgia Prep School demonstrating all the on-court activities for the speakers. In addition, we'll have the best high school coaches from states like Georgia, Wisconsin, Alabama, Tennessee, Missouri, and New Jersey. We have speakers starting at 8 a.m., and we will have our last speaker at 3.45 p.m. We provide the coaches with a meal, snacks, shirt, everything they need in our beautiful new facility here at Lake Oconee Academy. You cannot go wrong. If you're interested in signing up for this clinic, I will give you a special deal. Please put a special code of legends and you email me at FurtadoK57 at gmail.com. I will give you a special discount if you come to our clinic. And also, I'll provide you any hotels that are close by the school. We're right off of I-20 here in Greensboro, Georgia. Looking forward to seeing all you coaches. Take care.